All right. Thank you, Zoom, for letting us know that we're recording. Uh, as always, as if it'll be different, I'm joined by Melissa, and this is James, and we're uh, doing a podcast, if you're not aware, uh, called Fitness and Relations. And uh, a uh, today's topic will be on, the heading I think will be marriage as a luxury good. The only reason why we'll probably use that as a heading is that you never know, Melissa, we may get some like crossover referencing of someone searching for it on Google or, uh, you know, the Freakonomics podcast that I sent to you based upon it. Um, and we're going to have a three-part series. Today, we're going to bulk it into uh, pre-marriage. Uh, the next one will be on, I'm not sure how we're going to do the wording. The next one will be on like in marriage. And then the third will be long-term marriage. Um, and around the periphery of all three of those, yeah, we'll discuss some things on the challenges around those, that thing. Um, you know, we may, uh, you know, try to put it in a bucket as to, uh, as to what's normal and, you know, I'm not going to apologize for doing that, but just for the case of like discussing the actual topic, I think it's important to put some things in normal standings while also being around the periphery of each one. And of course, we're going to tie that into, you know, how this fits into uh, your job, Melissa, and my former job of consulting with people on, you know, what's a what's a big life? What's a what's a great life and what's a great life with physical expression? And then how does this kind of relationship thing that we call marriage, you know, uh, fit into that? Yeah, it was a pretty good setup, right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> awesome. I even took notes on that. I just want to pat myself on the back of the notes that I took to kind of set that up for today. Um, and uh, just to just to recap, what uh, I sent to Melissa was a Freakonomics podcast. And as soon as I saw marriage in there uh, as a luxury good and Melissa Kearney's book, it's called The Two-Parent Privilege. Um, I, I thought it was fairly interesting, you know, the... The kind of, this is the way that I saw it. I saw from listening to her, I saw how if you were to, you know, because I, I consider more recently the left and the right in politics more of a myth now, but that's right. That's where I sit on things. Uh, so, but it's interesting to see that the left and the right are kind of wanting it kind of, they're saying it warrant this, this idea of marriage warrants a discussion again. Um, so that's what I, what I saw that I was like, interesting. I think Melissa and I would have a good conversation around that on relationships. Cause that's what we do. Um, what was the first thing you thought about when you, uh, when I passed it over or something that you were interested in, um, waxing on? You know, I like that she took an approach that went again, it, whether he's on the right or the left here, it's just looking at this from a financial standpoint right? Like actually taking a lens of um, what, how does money play into this equation? We started talking about child rearing, mm. um, marriage, and like how, how, how money impacts our ability to have the luxury of getting married anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whether that being without applying a set of social values onto that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh. Just pausing there thinking that actually I, I didn't do a good prep of what I could have uh, actually recap the whole podcast 
including what you just mentioned. There are some things I pulled from it. So that's why I was pausing there, but that's a great point. And I just keep thinking there was a number of things in there though, that's still, you know, still um, connected to connected me to that point, but it being something that I think maybe also, you know, current media and whatever, let's call it the blob or the system or whatever it's called. It just makes me recognize that everyone's talking past one another on on that because the things that she would say if you line up 12 others no matter where they lean with regards to what they want to see in society you know we're all they're all saying the same thing right but of course the person on the other end is going to you know do an ad hominem attack based on their background or pick on the specific thing they talked about or why aren't you talking about this instead you know um that's what i gleaned from the whole thing i found it you know really interesting um and I thought that, you know, it'd be great for us to say, you know, where does fitness and, and relationships uh, fit into that? Um, so again, uh, we're, today we're just going to try to focus on whatever we call that pre, so whatever's before marriage. And if throughout today's episode, uh, you come up with something um, like, you know, I love uh, great words, uh, alliteration or um, something fancy, then don't hesitate to scream it out loud no matter where where we are uh, in this pre-marriage episode today. Uh, but to start, I did think we want to uh, have the discussion, and that's where I was said pre-interview um, or pre-conversation, where I said I was just going to throw it over to you to see your thoughts on it, because um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but do you think it's... Uh, if it's fair for us today to classify the normative male female um, marriage as a conversation piece, not for any other reason, only that it would be a majority number that would be interested in it. Um, or, or are you, uh, and I'm not, this is not a setup for like, you know, saying, Oh, this could be more important. I'm not saying, I'm just saying like, if the majority of adults in participating in fitness are in this male female monogamous relationship you know do we want to classify i'm i'm okay if it's not but do we want to just classify as that grouping for today or I'm not I sure i think for today's conversation yes okay yeah and let me be clear you know i feel like i have it's so unfortunate 2023 I, you got to clear your throat on that <laughs> what i'm saying is it's it's just based upon the majority of those relationships. And we're only using it as a as a placeholder for someone to extract some principles from that particular thing. It has no judgment on other kinds of relationships. It has no judgment on the non-relationships. It has no judgment on sexual preference, identity, et cetera. It's just we just gotta wrap our hands around something so that you know we could at least use it. So um I'm out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm happy that, you know, you were okay with doing it that because I actually feel that it's actually a more, and I'm not working backwards here. I think, I think actually it'd be more in depth in the fitness world to open that conversation up. But um, I think for us today, it might be best, you know, just kind of stick in that lane. Stay in one lane. I think we'll get too many nuances if we start going down yeah yeah and uh that's 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 the word i used uh for broad you know and and then you got a question well sometimes broad is is okay but broad's not going to give you something to like wrap onto so um 
How about uh, this is one that you didn't know was gonna was gonna come, but um, how about our thoughts first on the pros and cons of marriages? And we won't hold hold any personal, um, you know, instances to this, but uh, just societal 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 ways. How about you and I go through like a list of the pros and cons of what we're discussing here, right? As a setup to those people that are actually going to be, uh, quote unquote, uh, doing fitness and quote unquote, you know, finding each other to have a marriage. All so right. you, yeah. So why don't you sure. nail out a couple things off the top of your head that are some positives and then a few, uh, few cons or negatives to it. Um, well, I think some of the pros can be, again, uh, we start talking about what is it to create a fulfilling life, um, having partnership and someone that you can start a family with and raise children with can be very fulfilling, right? So I think uh, legacy maybe can go into that or just like, what do you want to create um, would be one of the pros there. Well, you actually mentioned four pros there, but you'd put it in one sentence that was uh, wonderful. I'll just recap what in case no one picked up on that. Um, the sharing portion, right? Uh, the way I describe it is, uh, the, you know, you, you share stuff with your own self on the deepest level of those cards. You will never, you know, throw across to people. And then there's, there's the other, you know, and that other, um, are people that are like, just, you know, really close to you. And then they start getting further away as we classify those other individuals. And those are also different voices, like different, you know, conversations. And uh, that's what I take from your word sharing. You know, when you extract that out, make it huge. You're going to share something with one other person that you, you get closer and closer to your time in being with them of stuff that you only shared with yourself. Now, the thing that differentiates that person from even for people that are further away from that is that you won't share those things with anyone outside of that person. So that other sharing is is ridiculously unique, ridiculously unique and very powerful. And I just don't, didn't want to jump over your, your powerful word of that sharing that takes place with that. Secondly was family. Um, that you that you mentioned, if people so choose to do it. But yeah, it's what we talk about all the time of this natural process of reproduction and having progeny and having other little ones that we know don't have to like farm the animals anymore and help you out. But there's a lot of benefits to, you know, propagating and like developing that not only for the near time where you're just like wiping asses and and changing diapers, um, but future purpose, you know, and being with people and having people around to take care of you when you need your ass wiped over time. Uh, and I think that's what you meant about your third point on legacy. Um, well, part and parcel on that. I will take that back. It's probably not that I want to put words in your mouth, but um, of contribution, you know, like your contribution to doing anything in the world, you know, for the time that you were here from zero to 85 years of age, you know, it's a monstrosity of a contribution to, uh, to have a, um, you know, a relationship with one other person. And then all the things that come from that, you're indirectly doing a massive contribution to, to humans. And then lastly, uh, creation. Um, and we want to only mean by it's small C creation, but we don't, we won't only mean like creating other kids, but you do create a lot of things that 
can only take that other partner for the both of you to be able to create, that you could never create it on your own. And that's where it comes back to that first point of that sharing of information and like feedback and whatever, you know, um, like I, like I kind of think about it, you're going to share something in bed with someone almost as powerfully as what you'll share in your own mind in the shower. You know, these ideas and stuff that we come up with for creative instincts. I think sometimes voicing that out to someone who's going to accept whatever you're going to pass on is really powerful. And again, you wouldn't share that at the office or with your friends and most times even alcohol or drugs won't uh, won't drop all inhibitions for that sharing. So uh, how about uh, some downsides of uh, marriage? Um, we got to talk about the oh, I cons, think right? Some, yeah. Definitely some cons there. Um, yeah. I think when it comes to just biology and this concept that we pick one partner that fulfills us for the rest of our life, um, depending on when we meet that person, if we outgrow them, just um, the reality of how many marriages end in divorce. Yeah, the the balance between it. nature and society, right? Natural yeah. instincts of humans to uh, to do the things, you know, um, <clears throat> of sexual organs and sexual ornaments and, um, you know, that that actually was present or homo sapien for a really long period of time um and it the balance now we have is current society and you know uh, inside of that society like you just mentioned one of the definite downsides to it is that not everyone uh can develop this utopic version of a relationship that's long term because uh people change you know and things change people um and sometimes the preparation for that particular getting together wasn't the best, you know, like there wasn't uh time spent on things in which we're, we're going to dig into this a little bit later on, you know, uh, maybe you've transformed yourself to get to this standing for yourself as a person, as well as what society wants you to be, you know, and maybe that was a certain fitness characteristic that you developed, but that's not you. But so now you've developed a, a relationship with someone who wants you for that, but that's not you. So you can use that as an example of, there's a lot of people that just don't do enough of that, you know, uh, preparation. Um, instead it's, uh, you know, thinking with the sex organs and it's not thinking logically or talking about checkbooks or future goals or responsibilities, you know, these, these really important things. And, uh, that's a con because not a con as in like, haha, you got conned, but that was almost a play on words there, but uh, it's it's a downside because if people are not aware, you know, it's it's not super easy to break that bind, uh, especially if it's contractual or it's legal obligations for each person based upon that. In different states, it becomes a lot more difficult throughout the U.S. I'm not speaking for outside the U.S., so that is a challenge. Um, you know, the... Um, not 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 for today, but uh you did bring it up. I just want to repeat it again. Cause there is this well, I don't know if it's necessarily gonna tie into the con thing, but I just wanted to mention it because you said it. It's the you know the I guess the um feeling that ha being with being with one person um for for the rest of your life you know, as that quote unquote project for that particular family and the 
two is the heads of the household, basically, and what's going to happen there. Um, that is, I would agree with you, perceived more today, or am I am I, am I wrong on that statement? It's perceived more today as being, uh, what is it? Is it perceived today more today as being conformist? Like it's something that, you know, you're supposed to do. Um, and, and, and I'm taking it further than that, saying that it's a possible con, because if the perception is for a lot of young people before marriage, it's like, hey, um, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with someone um, or, or just with one person. Do you see what I'm saying there? Can that, that could certainly be a con, right? Because, you know, just in case no one knows, um, that's what marriage is, is that you are going to spend the rest of your life with that one person. Uh, alone. So any, any other thoughts on that than what you said previously or addition to? I don't feel like it's like a con, but as we get into this pre-dating conversation, it's like, um, if you spent a lot of your adolescence or your younger years going from school to college, and maybe you were just like really focused on school is I think for a lot of that, that age bracket, there's like this missed opportunity that you never got to experience dating or getting to know other people. And now there's this, this social pressure that you have to make a really quick decision mm. to get married based upon timelines, mm. right? Where the con becomes that it's no longer like a choice of falling in love, but finding someone that fits the boxes of like the financial security or like your status quo, you guys fit in those levels and like the amount of time you have to make this thing happen mm. uh, based on just like biological timelines. Um, and that can be a con because now we don't get experience the whole mating and getting to know a person it's much more looking at like a paper resume of a person and making a decision on if you want to spend the rest of your life with them yeah yeah that's a so um in case you didn't hear we are going to discuss that so don't forget to bring that up as a point of consideration but i i agree with you there that's definitely a con let's call it like societal societal limitations right society has this like expectation relative to what you know uh, humans are supposed to do is they move along through society and quote unquote grow and progress. But those, those ages chronologically are moving further, further out with regards to that, like development or, you know, start a house, start a life, start this, et cetera. Um, and if you're not seeing that as being a con, then that becomes challenging now when we're talking about this idea today of uh pre-marriage. Also, um, I just thought of it because you just mentioned it. Um, and I can't, I can't help but, uh, you know, recognize, especially, you know, recent research on who are, and that Melissa Kearney talks about in her book of, you know, the, the downsides of alike groups, uh, marrying right now, no one can understand. So I'm possibly seeing this as a downside to your point, right? A con to marriage is that, um, to make it short order, so it doesn't sound like I'm being too verbose on this, you're <laughs> with that pushing out to the right, you're going to get a whole ton of people who are all alike marrying each other. Now, I'll just allow the listener to kind of take that where they want. But uh, to be honest, that's not the society I want my girls to grow up in, to be honest. Um, I want a future society and America that has, you know, race-blind relationships. I want uh, caste-blind relationships. I want social 
variation blind to relationships. I think that's the only way, you know, quote unquote, the, 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 the melting pot, if you want to call it for the U S actually becomes like a powerful soup, like a strong soup. It's not a pea soup, right? It's a vegetable soup. It's got, it's got a ton of, ton of variety, but it's, it could be very powerful with that. So I'm not sure if that you see that I see that as a con as well of that moving out to the right and like marrying, like it's the, yeah. I don't know. I put that in the con. Okay. Yeah, that's a downside. So how does um how does this topic uh in your mind fit into the vitality model, especially for pre-marriage? So how does this, you know, the conversation on um our thoughts on, you know, prior to getting married, how does that fit into what we discuss of the vitality model? So I see this like you kind of touched on a little bit of prepping for marriage or those things or like weddings and, you know, like this, this idea of who we need to be um, socially. Um, mm. I see it much more of what you bring to a relationship, right? Especially in today's in, connecting it back to a marriage being a luxury is more women are entering the workforce, right? So we have men and women both working, which means again, um, a divide of household chore and things like that. So it's like, if you have a male and he's 24, 25 and still doesn't know how to cook for himself, right? Like these are simple things that I call like when we go into like vitality is like, we need to know how to take care of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Men and women. Yeah. Like that, what do you bring to the table when we're dating? It's yeah. like, if you're going into dating for the first time and you're in your mid twenties and you don't know how to cook for yourself and neither do because mm. in turn, instead of having a female that learned how to do household chores, she was in school as well. Now you have two mid 20 year olds, neither know how to cook, neither know how to do home chores. And when we start going into like, what is health and vitality? We have people that only know how to rely on DoorDash food and don't know what home hygiene looks like because they've never had to do it for themselves. Mm. And neither partner is equipped to do this. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Along with, of course, maybe those young groups, uh, you know, learning how to write their own programs when they're 18 or 19. Right. Um, and what you're saying there, combining the writing your own programs with the food skills is we'll call them vitality skills. Um, and you're saying that that would enhance your chances of, you know, uh, filling a great role as a partner in a relationship, right? Because, hey, you're going to have to, <laughs> you're going to have to, you know, because I, I hear that sometimes, right? People like, yeah, I mean, but there's technology today and I really just don't like, you know, cooking. And it's like, well... <laughs> then good luck finding a partner in the future, honestly, because, you know, unless of course you're like, well, you know, honestly, I won't need to, I won't have children. We won't have a family. We won't have a contractual agreement in our marriage. And, you know, there's technology. True. That's that's a true statement, right? I mean, okay, you got me. But uh, if you want to take that, you know, step of saying, well, these are the characteristics that I have that could make me attractive for a future relationship. Um, it's one of those things that having the skills of writing your own design and, you know, preparing your own food, that's something that you and I uh, have and could offer to someone, right? Um, well, I see that often, right, when we do get someone in the gym that's like wanting to join a gym because they want to feel better. Ultimately, they want to look better and have more confidence because they want to be able to enter the dating world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's like how we look and show up is typically a reflection of 
our fitness level yeah. and what we're putting in our body, right? So if we have no skill around how to move our body or how to feed it, yeah, it's like, what do we, what do we bring to the dating world mm. when looking for another partner? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote down as you were mentioning it, uh, you know, these woo woo words that we use background, but we know we do impact for clients that come in front of us also made me think that OPEX gyms, you know, should be like the, the should be like a ground zero for, you know, uh, developing marriages. I should put something into Netflix about uh, arranging marriages in OPEX gyms or something as a show. Like you see the Jewish arrangement, marriage, a Jewish arrangement. <laughs> well, I mean, I could kill that show. Anyways, um, it's what we, because we, we uh, delve in uh, areas that are, like I like to say, between the couch and the Swiss ball, right? It's, you know, in consultations. And that is, that's areas of things like, uh, self-love and self-awareness, you know, and that's why I'm calling it self-love and self-awareness is over on the couch, psycho, you know, clinical psychologist kind of conversation. But we do get really close to that kind of language in what we ask people. And that's what I was going to add to the conversation of the, uh, you know, how does this fit in is that we do that in fitness. We want to get each individual specifically, especially in this pre-marriage group. That's why I was thinking the the show would be awesome. Uh, we want to get people to really become self-aware. Like that's our, that's our main, like, of course we're giving program designs and teaching lunges and saying, Hey, you know, you should have great poop and great menses. And yeah, we're saying all that, but really what we mean when we're saying that is that you need to be aware of your intuition, how you're feeling, and you're always making sense of things, always sense making, like, we want you to go out in the world and have this unbelievable sense maker uh, about yourself. And hopefully people can connect that to how that falls in line with great marriages. Think about that. If everyone really became, regardless of their size, their self-perception, whatever, imagine if everyone became more self-aware of who they are and this confidence in who they are, as you know, because we felt it across the table numerous times, Melissa, um, you could feel that in people, right? You can feel it. And we've all, I've also felt it when people didn't have it and then something they did transformed at, and now I felt it. So there is something there of self-awareness and self-love that will make you, regardless of your, uh, actual measured changes you have in fitness, it's going to make you extremely attractive for the right person um, for a future, for a future marriage. So I think that's where the vitality model also fits in. Do you feel that has a part to play with it or have a story based upon that? Yeah. Um, you know, that's my favorite transformation of that. I'll have that client for a lot of my mid 30 year old female clients that are very career driven. Mm. Right. And like fitness has always been like about just changing their body, changing their body. Right. Because I have the job and now when I'm skinny enough, then I'll be able to like find the partner for my life. And it's like getting mm -hmm. them to um, realize that they don't go to fitness to change who they are, but right. Mm -hmm. Like a little bit of autonomy there, right. Like going yeah. into the gym because it's a part of their routine and it feels good. And I eat food because it gives me energy to go to work, not to like starve myself mm -hmm. and just the confidence and transformation that happens in who they are. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Where it stops. Like I could care less if I lose a pound or not. Yeah. Right. Like I, I like to work out because it makes me feel good and yeah. I enjoy the process. Right. 
And that's a really big transformation. Yeah. A huge one where it's like, we can actually look at and bring awareness to what does bandwidth look like? How many hours of the day do we really have? What's realistic here? Managing expectations. Um, because then that does go into when we talk about mating, it's like, where does a partner fit in? Mm-hmm. And what values are you looking for in that person? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and those yeah. are the conversations that I think I enjoy most that we can have inside of our gyms is that self-awareness of why do we come to fitness? Um, what is our relationship with the things we eat in? And from a long-term perspective. Yeah. You just make me think about a couple of things, you know, of uh, asking the questions indirectly to people, um, you know, uh, who are, who want a future marriage is what are your skills and experience of relationships? You know, maybe, maybe people haven't had, you know, um, I don't know, a thousand interactions of, um, and I'm not talking about intimacy. I'm talking about like, just the things that go on in relationships that don't go on in your own head or with your friends, right? So just imagine that, you know, I, and I, I don't know why I thought about that of the female avatar you had, you had, but I think it's because I did have a number of those clients and I thought, you know, the, this whole fitness thing is actually not going to help you um, in that role. And we're going to get to that, I think. So it just made me think about that though, like, how many, how much time we got to spend in just, you know, communications. And it's like going for a job. If we want to put it in that angle, it's like going for a job or like having any relationships, I guess it, like we do with clients, right. It's like, you know, we're going to have stressful periods, right. You're going to have disagreement with me. You know, I'm going to tell you eggs are great. You're going to think I'm trying to kill you. And we're going to have this back and forth, you know, <laughs> or, or, or you don't want to eat red meat. And I'm just going to be pulling the hairs out of my ears. Cause I don't have any on my head. Like, that that's going to be back and forth, but do you see what I'm saying? We need to have experiences with that, yeah. right? We need to have that back. And so a lot of people, I just don't, so that made me think about a lot of people just don't have that like repetition of debate with like really important things, you know, um, with another person. So, but also made me think, which we are going to get to as well, um, how the online world or the online dating apparatus could possibly help in that uh meaning the uh it could help for that for that uh because what you what you quote unquote i guess in most worlds besides deep fakes or you don't want to set yourself up for some false false in-person thing anyways but do you know what i'm saying like what you what you get on online you know is you don't get to see all that like you don't get to see all the all that uh stuff right but what you what you what you see is what you get I'm not sure if you're getting what I'm throwing down there is that the online world may may take away this whole like in-person discomfort that you and I were just discussing for for marriages. So I'm not sure if uh um I'm not sure if that'll be if that'll be something we'll we'll discuss but it will I will segue from that point on uh your thoughts on how uh not your thoughts but you know any stats on the lanes in which people meet today. How do, how do people uh, meet today? If we're going to classify in a couple of uh, different areas, do you know any percentages on, I, wish I know, I, just, I, I know I online, online uh, relationships are, uh, are really, really high um, yeah, and more and more data over time showing uh, um, 
as equal to or just as high as success rates uh, relative to meeting in person or not using online. It's very tough to kind of like, you know, well, what is online? Well, you know, met them here. We texted, we kind of back and forth. And then, you know, so, so that, that's where the, the grayness is inside of that uh, online quote unquote measurement. But when they do like take away all these variables, it does show a really high success rate actually for those marriages in, even in relation to no online connection and in-person was not as successful as long-term. Um, and if that disappoints anyone, then don't hesitate to ask me as to where that comes. But I can remember looking at it going, oh, you know, uh, in 2000, when I were actually 99, when I met Leanne, you know, if you were to tell me at that point in time, which I did have some friends are like, oh, I met this person online and she lives in Australia. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, man, look, you know, what is this? You know, I was, I was thinking of AI and technology, et cetera. But ironically, you know, those people had great relationships long term. You know, so um, wh where else are people, where else are people meeting? Yeah, I wish I had pulled up like the actual percentages of that. But in mm. like, at least what we see on a day to day basis, it is online, right? Yeah. Again, just based upon, um, I hate to say this, like busyness, but like yeah. the lack of time people have. It's like, yeah. you know, you can use an app to at least filter through and find some common interest with someone who's in your surrounding yeah. area. And it's much easier to do that because think of it as like if maybe you are someone that prioritizes your health and your wellness and you go to bed at 8.30, you're not going to a bar regularly to meet someone. So, mm -hmm. you know, at least an app will allow you to find another like-minded individual that, you know, you can start a conversation with and then from there move into going for a walk, getting a cup of coffee, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, of course, uh, geocache uh, like algorithms that uh, make sure uh, the connections happen for people local to you. Cause not everyone, I mean, of course you, I have no idea how this works at Leanne, if you're listening in, I have no idea how this works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just guessing that with the technology, you just check off like, you know, oh, I'm capable of moving across country. And then it opens up this world of like connectors for, am I correct in that? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I can think of a specific scenario, even for like inside of our gym, it's like for someone that already has like a set career, maybe mm -hmm. in our local area has already like put a down payment on a place. They're pretty much locked into where they are. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like to go on and meet someone that lives again, halfway across the country, knowing you're like not in a financial, like it doesn't make sense for you to leave. You're yeah. like, you can isolate your area to like, I want someone that, you know, lives within a 10 mile radius for this to actually be successful. Um, so I'd say most of our clients do that. Or even if it is someone that you've met through a friend, it's like, it's an easier way to, not ask someone for their phone number. You can find them on social media and like yeah. reach out and start a conversation. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'd say like majority of the people inside our gym, at least that are in that, that age bracket, unless you've met someone at college or mm -hmm. at school, mm -hmm. it's online. Okay. Yeah. I, I wrote down, uh, I don't know if these are the classifications, but arranged meaning like there's, yep. it's actually like predetermined, you know, more or less uh, online. And that's not including whatever the, the the languages that kids use today, hookup culture or whatever, like, because there are applications that are specifically yeah. for that too. And I'm just not using that in conversation. I'm talking about like individuals looking for a long-term partner. Yeah. Um, that would be considered. And then in person, because there are some people that don't participate as well, of course, in the online um, method. 
<laughs> and uh, they're they're actually just looking for that individual that's like within their you know uh, purview. And um, and as I'm saying that, I'm just don't I don't know if there's like other options outside of that. You know, if it's not arranged, if it's not online, it's in person. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. So if that is the case, then we're, well, our lane basically is, I guess, consulting with individuals pre-marriage if they are participating in online, the online search, right? And we are going to be participating, though, for that person um, if they are looking for someone in their local area, meaning like we're not trying to do setup routines, but, you know, they may bump into someone at the gym or within their like community, you know, like you and that person and their future partner may go to the same store a mile away. Like that's what I meant in terms of, you know, this in-person capability, but I think yeah. the capabilities on mobility and socioeconomic status have a big part to play in these. Wouldn't you agree based upon that? Cause we, you and I are just taking this, you know um, I guess assumption maybe that the, um, the uh, online or in-person individual or sorry, the online person has the capability to be more mobile than just, you know, reaching out, you know, let's call it a half a mile from where they are. Cause a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Right. Well, so or maybe I'm wrong. I think this is like the con of it too, is also like over-specialization the same way we do in anything else. It's like, yeah. um, you know, I, I've had this conversation a lot with, friends that are this age that are trying to date it's like we can over specialize like say i'm yeah. into mountain biking so then it's like do i need to date someone that has the same exact hobbies that align with me yeah. all the time or is that something i enjoy doing by myself and i just want to be with another person that's active themselves and right. has a hobby that they enjoy right so um i think that can also be a downside to sometimes online dating or just setting these like criteria of what we're looking for in an individual it's like yeah um instead of looking for personality traits that we know we find attractive, we're trying to find someone that is like these exact things. So maybe you want someone that's a high achiever like you, but instead we're looking for like someone that does the same exact things as me. And that's not what you want as your mirror image. So uh, I've seen this be a, a big clash for a lot of uh, right. people dating is like, we find someone that's too much our, yeah. our same. And that's not something we're actually attracted to. Um, yeah. Or, or what you put down as your, you know, characteristics, uh, you're actually putting down because you think people are going to like those characteristics, but those are not you, you know? So that, that does segue a little bit into, um, you know, this challenge around the vitality model and what the archaic language would be of like fitness, um, and being fit, you know, prior to a marriage or being fit to kind of get you into a characteristic that you think is going to be, somewhat more attractive and all the trouble we get we get to with that but before we go there um the i can't help but you know discuss a modern topic that is that is that will somewhat thwart this but also i guess we do have guardrails in place to ensure that it can still happen but in this you know post-covid work from home uh, it do, it doesn't mean that like you know everyone's out of the cities. We can't just use like downtown San Francisco as a possible example of that. Um, but I mean it is happening at a really high rate. Do you think that it's going to have a a bigger impact? Um, no, you know just because I mean we're not talking like a few hundred people. You know, 
we're talking millions possibly that are not in that workplace. And that's what I'm saying about the the positives of the in-person meeting someone scenario, right? Like not all those people were like, you know, laptop, you know, wearing a white collar and going to get Chinese at a local shop and like bumping into Sandra, like, Hey, Sandra, I see you here often, you know, um, you know, that, 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 that could be the case though for millions of people, you know? Um, so I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that. Do you I think, think a that's lot as of big? people are still though, you know, as the world reopens back up, wanting to get back out, whether that's in like their own hobbies or interests, again, like going to concerts, going to live events, okay. you know, I think people are looking and searching for opportunities to get outside their homes for the ones that are working at home all the time. Yeah. Um, so we may sense. just be in a, I think it's going to self, I think it's going to self-solve itself. Yeah. Even yeah, if but, working at home, people yeah, want to get I agree with... there, Some people may find their own communities onside the internet, but yeah. I think there's a large portion of people that are going to find ways to get outside their home and interact with others. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. And it may also uh, move things, you know, a little further, you know, a little later uh, again, which is, you know, it's just what happens. So we can't really, you know, do much about it, but we can at least point it out that it did happen i.e. like for three or four years, you know, all humans weren't as in-person social, you know, for multiple different reasons. So what will that result in? For example, you were 20 to 24 years of age that whole time, you know, so it may just move things, you know, further out that side. Or that's why I was saying maybe there's guardrails in place already for the online relationship development. Because when I say these 20-year-olds, I'm acting as if, like, they don't know how to use technology. I mean, these yeah. are ma- magicians at this, right? So um, it's probably going to work itself out in the end, perhaps. Yeah. But I maybe I was just saying that to kind of um, back up the, the point that, I'd be very interested and yes, I agree with you. We probably should have, I should have provided that data based upon it. Cause I'm sure it's easy to find. Um, I think that book, uh, darn, I didn't read it, but it was called, I think it's called hookup culture. Um, it, it will have that data in it, um, that the in-person relationship, uh, uh, numbers are extremely low, uh, today, um, extremely low. And of course, again, it does get gray based upon, you know, what in-person means, et cetera, but it's extremely low. Um, now heading into that area of, you know, where vitality fits in, in a pre-marriage scenario, you know, um, where do you want to start with that with regards to what I call these like false, uh, characteristics that they think they're building in themselves by like, quote unquote, participating in fitness. But I keep coming back to then saying, well, what's going to happen when, you know, those intentions of you doing that for fitness was only to find a partner, but it's not to have a marriage. Like what, what's going to happen at that point in time? You know what I mean? So you spent two years like doing fitness um, because you thought, because society told you, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to set yourself up for this, you know, I'll just call it, put it in terms of your, your ornaments, uh, whether that's energy or actually material items are going to, you know, uh, show off a whole lot better, but maybe that's not you. Now what's going to happen, you know, when you've said, you know, that you want to meet someone who's like-minded, but deep down the whole time you're doing the fitness is like, oh, this is such a freaking chore. I hate this, you know? So you can see the intentions are wrong based upon fitness. Um, so what, what's your thoughts on that with regards to characteristic building and 
I mean, I think it's a tales all this time, right? Like how many um, females pretend to like certain things that they think will make them more attractive to a male, right? Like like a girl that potentially really doesn't enjoy watching. We've talked about this in previous episodes um, in like female um, audience and, and watching sport, right? And like why maybe female sports aren't as popular because women don't actually enjoy watching them. Football, soccer, baseball, anything like that. It's like, you know, how many times do we pretend to be really interested in these things and then you actually start dating someone and you're like, I actually hate watching football. I don't like enjoy watching this at all. I just watch mm-hmm. it for the commercials or something like that, right? But we've pretended to like these things thinking that it will make us more attractive to the opposite sex. Um, so I think this is a, a downfall of fitness is like, you know, like pretending like you want to run or pretending like you like these activities and doing, forcing yourself to do them to look a certain way and then you get into this partnership and this is where I think to the cons of marriage is like we get into these quick rush relationships with someone and we're not actually the person we pretended to be in order to get to this person yeah yeah you're two years in and you know uh your partner's watching football for 12 hours every Sunday for three months and uh you're hating life and you're like well you know you kind of you kind of put that you kind of put the Packers jersey on before we met you know what I'm saying so it's uh yeah, it's uh that's a little difficult. And I think of um, you know, on the the other side of that coin, you know, is that uh, a re- reality that a large percentage, I don't even know what the percentage is, or I'm going to I'm going to to guess that 60% of if if the number is higher than 60% for quote-unquote adults based upon being over fat or not in a let's call it a vitality yeah. position or deconditioned then I'm going to make the assumption that it's 60% of 20 to 35 year olds, you know? And so there now, now it comes into like, well, if the reality is that you're not going to, you know, bootstrap this characteristic, you know, and people are not just going to be like, Oh, I definitely, my intent, my intentions for getting healthier are definitely good. And therefore I want the person to fall in love with me uh, because they see me trying and attempting to get better. I'm just saying that, I know that's not the case for millions and millions of pre-marriage individuals. They're just, they're, they're, let's just call it what it is. They're just not in good physical condition and they don't have the intentions, which is a whole separate topic for another time as to where that comes from and why that is the way it is, but they just don't have the intentions of doing it. So do you see, that's the other side of the coin where they're like, listen, this is who I am, you know? Um, And uh, that's where it comes down to, I guess, having some form of, uh, if I, if I may, and you know, if I'm allowed to, uh, have some kind of moral input into, um, what people, what people are doing versus what they should do. And that's why I say my input is that I think you should try as hard as possible to get better as a human. Um, and don't, don't, and that doesn't mean that means in all areas, I'm not just using it as a term for, you know, forcing you to fall in love with lunges and broccoli, that's not the case, uh, but you need to hear my words when I say that. Um, and it, and it, you and you can't do it in order to find a partner. You got to do it to to make yourself a better version of yourself all the time. And that's, in my opinion, how you know judgment will occur over time. Is you know if you kept working on that, you know you tried to get you know an increase in intelligence. You tried to you know, learn a language with your girls, which I'm failing at, but I'm making small attempts with Spanish, you know, you're just trying to get, 
trying to get better over time, you know? I think this um, is the ugliness though of, um, for that individual, what society tells them they should do, right? Mm-hmm. The ugliness is like, it's like, well, you're over fat. So mm-hmm. you're going to get a dietitian that's going to help you do this aggressive thing. Because if we just get, do it quickly, then mm-hmm. you'll, then you'll be happier and then you can date. And then all these other things will like fall into place. Right. That is, that is the reality of it. It's like, oh yeah, someone that is slightly unhealthy or it's like we call over fat. It's like, well, we need a more aggressive approach. If we get 20, 30 pounds off you, then you'll be happy enough to then have the confidence to get to the dating world, which to us, we know the long, the long approach works better because now this person is learning skill sets. They are finding gratification and improving and getting better every day right? Like that person is more successful in the long run when they actually take ownership of the things that have gotten to them where they are and and where they want to go, right? Yeah. Eating their broccoli, learning that they can eat their broccoli and not have to like remove all things from their diet in order to see progress and become a healthier individual, or they don't need to come into a gym and kill themselves every day in order to be desirable. Mm -hmm. But most gyms and most nutrition and dietitians will offer you the quickest or the fastest or the most drastic approach telling you that that's going to make you more desirable, right? If we only get you to lose the weight, then you can get on that dating app and feel better about yourself. Yeah. It's a long, yeah, I agree with you. It is dark and ugly. Um, And it's a long, it's a long stretch, right? From that quote unquote, broken position to, um, you know, a, like, you know, where your mind is changed position and, and thinking that that's the, that's the end. It's not the end because what's, what's further than that is transcendence, right? It's like, you're, you're beyond that old version of you. Um, and the only way you get there is to not just, you know, quote unquote, change your mind. And it's not like waking up every day thinking today broccoli is going to taste better. Today's broccoli is going to taste better. No, it's your belief that broccoli is going to make you think better. Do you see that? So now it's not like, oh, I never thought about thinking about it that way. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with your pleasurable or non-pleasurable connection to broccoli. It's that you believe that you believe that broccoli is going to make you make better decisions, right? Um, and it's not only better decisions, but there's a lot of other things that are connected to that when I'm just using that analogy of real food scenario. So you see now person a person's mind has changed. And so now they they look beyond this like persona, right, of overfatness or obesity or et cetera. And again, it doesn't allow that darker aspect to come in of what I call like apathy of ex- and acceptance, which in my opinion – it just leads to mediocrity. It's like, oh, you, you know, so what about um, where you are in your physical condition and where you want to be in the, in the person that you want to meet? And they're like, meh, right? Like, you know, someone will accept me for the way I am and et cetera. My whole point on that notion is that that's not enough. You know, that's my personal opinion. It's not enough. Right. And I'm not saying that you need to change it for another person. You need to change it because you can be better. And, and that's why I said there's a long, it's a long stretch to get people on board with that idea, right? That they, they need to fall in love with that process because it's very difficult. Would you agree? That's a, that's a long, hard road of getting to that. Yeah. Um, 
for sure. But I think, you know, this will carry over into our next podcast or the next phase of this is like finding someone or settling for like someone who loves me for who I am, but not feeling your best energy or just health wise or vitality wise. It's then you guys go decide you want to have a child, but both of you are exhausted, don't feel good, are right, not in our healthiest Mm. state. And now it's like, again, oh, we got to make a quick fix because the doctor says I need to be and hitting these markers in order to have better chances or have a better likelihood of great fertility, right? Yeah. Or they just don't and they get, you know, pregnant and now they're about to have a child and they're both exhausted. They both don't know how to cook. And we meet them at that place too, where it's like, well, is that the state you want to bring a child into? Yeah. Right. Is that the parent you want to be? Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, so uh, just, I'll say that I took down a note for the next one on the premise will be that the setup for the marriage was good because again, we'll get super convoluted if that setup is not good. Cause then we're just doing like psychology, you know, rehabbing people. Uh, but I, I, I get, you know, I laugh all the time or I kind of make this, you know, jokingly comment around, you know, telling my girls around as an example, when they're out driving, right. Especially for Hannah, I'm like, Listen, there's nothing wrong with you taking the idea that everyone out there driving is is the worst driver in the world. And if you take that premise, you know, things will be fine, right? Like they're rushing to this and they want to do this. I'm going to break this rule here. If you if you assume all that's going to happen, most times your driving experience will be fairly safe and somewhat pretty good, right? And don't fall prey to like you know, uh, pour sugar on me going at 90% of your volume when you're going home from school, <laughs> expecting not to speed. That's a personal thing, but uh, so, someone may understand that. But I say, I tell them like, that's why there's tests in place though. There's tests in place because we have this public, uh, you know, civil agreement on who's allowed to do the driving. But I also tell them we don't have this in place for what you want to do to set yourself up for being together with someone, you know, over time. Right. But the point that Melissa, if you don't want to hurt it, Melissa just made is that it's about this preparation of both of you really doing a test about yourself, right? You gotta, you gotta get, you gotta score a hundred percent on that test of yourself prior, prior to um, it could be during, but prior to that, like, that agreement, right? And I say it all the time backroom. I didn't say it a lot in person with people, but I did with a lot of clients that were indirectly asked, like, so you met, you met, you know, uh, Bob or whatever, you know, so what'd you think? And I, I'm careful before I set it back, you know, I would say something like, you know, honestly, I think you need to keep working on you to get to like your best you version first. And then if Bob's still around as you go through that, I think it's great. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think you're 100% there yet. So that would be my generalized answer to that, where I felt people didn't or weren't capable of passing the test of themselves, right? Or scoring 100 on that. And I don't think if anyone takes anything from that, I, I don't think you should be going to that stage of marriage unless you feel you are at that. And let me just tell you too, it's uh, it's much sweeter on the other side and a lot less friction when you really like get really good with this, that meaning myself first, prior to all the things that are wonderful, but challenging that you get into uh, with that sharing with another person. Yeah. And I, I, I 
again, I don't always say go back to an OPEX gym, but I think that is what I enjoy most that we get to do is help people get to yeah. that place, right? We yeah. don't cut through the bullshit of like, you know, I need to work out five days a week because if I don't, I'm going to gain yeah. weight. I'm thinking like, why are we here? What are we doing this for? Yeah. Right? Like, do you have skill sets here? Like, do you know how to feed yourself before yeah. you worry about like getting into a relationship? Yeah. Um, you know, and just really helping people figure out those pieces for themselves so they're happy. Um, Cause I think that does go into the cons of like why most marriages fail in the first place is like, we go into it unhappy with ourselves and that doesn't set it up for success. Yeah. Uh, which, which I think to, you know, other material you uh, we've listened to together is like um, when it comes into that part of it, how's it going with this one? Um, just lost my, I had a really good thought. I just lost my train of thought. That's all right. I'll talk, I'll say something. You'll see if you'll remember it. Yeah. Um, it's, this is not a public service announcement for, for uh, OPEX gyms, but it is um, for any coach who's going to be consulting with individuals to try to focus as much as possible for those pre-marriage individuals on, um, you know, autonomy of self-responsibility and individual responsibility um, and developing oneself. You know, in our language, we call it the BLGs. Work on work on these basics. You know, and until you're like really consistent, right? When you're almost in the way I described it, Melissa, if you remember, was that like clients would come in and they're not, um, they're not, they actually don't need us anymore, but they're still coming, right? That's, that's what we want to have, right? If, if we're, if we're getting to the point where we're having a discussion on like, are you autonomous or is this dependency? That's a good thing. That's a good thing, right? Because we're at the point where now we're just squabbling over little things, right? Like, but I like paying you per month, (laughs) you know, but I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's like, I I found myself in those positions a lot. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I sat back. I was like, you know what? This is a good thing, right? Because you have all the skills that are necessary. And the way I'm trying to describe it there is that, you know, if anyone's listening in and what we can do at an OPEX gym of what all coaches should be focusing on with these individuals for pre-marriage and where vitality fits in, make sure they get 100% scores on BLGs for a long period of time before, before they want to get into uh, what we're calling that, uh, that ritual or that, you know, agreement um, of sharing their life at a deeper level, deepest, the uh, most other will with another person for the rest of their life. That's basically what our, what our thing is. Did you remember? Uh, I did. So I was going to go into, uh, because the topic of this was marriage being a luxury is also just the reality of the world we live in today is like, you know, we, most people that do get married, have better financial security and setup, right? So that means you're spending a lot of time with this person that you decide to marry. This isn't like you're bootstrapping it and you guys are both like working and never seeing each other and you're just trying to survive and put food on the table, right? Where it's like, you don't really have time to care about how much, right? You're in a partnership with this person because you guys are doing this together just to survive and raise your kids. Mm -hmm. Most people that are getting married today have a little bit more financial luxury if you're going to spend time with this individual you're going to be with this person a lot of time. So you better like the person you're with in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that's like a slightly different thing between like potentially your parents and a, and a 24, 26 year old getting married today. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me think about how much time they spend uh, in that real, it also makes me think about how much time they spend in the real world as well with other people, you know, cause it doesn't happen as much. Um, well, as I, you know, I guess, I guess it does. It depends upon how we see it. Cause I know, I know I make the mistake a lot sometimes and I've made it just there because I don't want to create a generalization, for example, for my oldest Hannah um, with regards to her generation. So Hannah's 17 and, but you know, she spent uh, you know, a couple hours yesterday with, you know, adults and young kids in a tennis situation. So maybe three or four hours of that. Um, and then three hours last night with her two closest friends, you know, painting and doing creative stuff out in our backyard, you know? Um, so my whole point on that is that you see, those are, those are in-person relationships that I sometimes make the mistake thinking that a lot of young people, cause she is pre-marriage, right. And she's still in that yeah. category of spending time and experience with other people in person. So I am agreeing with your point, but also don't make the mistake that I generally do yeah. in creating generalizations of what that in-person like connection is with this, with this younger generation. Uh, Cause we sometimes that make that mistake thinking, Oh, there's always on their phone. Well, sometimes they're on their phone with other people <laughs> and there are times too, when they're not on their phone and they're with other people. Right. And uh, you can look at a public school situation as that example, right. Where no, they're not allowed to be on their phones for seven hours a day. And even during lunchtime, a lot of them are just having conversations or doing stupid shit, like throwing food or, um, you know, throwing water. Apparently that's a way of like showing you're attractive to girls today is uh, like a grade, grade eight boys like throwing water and shit inside the water on top of girls <laughs> anyways it's, it's like i was like i never thought of that <laughs> getting attraction <laughs> but chloe's like no they really think we're attracted to them by the thing by, by them doing that i was like uh oh, boys boys will come up with boys. the weirdest things for that um i where i thought you were going to go with that was um marriage being pushed out a little further today and some of the troubles that are in place for these younger individuals for the expectations for uh, high school, university work, et cetera. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier. Do you have anything more openings there? I just want to restate the challenges that are in place for that marriage. Um, like, do you think people are like finishing quote unquote, the university setting now um, and they're I don't know, 27, I'm just guessing 26. Yeah. And, and now they're like, okay, we're all going to work. Both of us, you know, I'm just putting into classifications now, male, females, like, okay. Uh, you know, and you got a couple of years under your belt and you're moving up, right. Moving up in whatever shape or form. And now you're 31, right. And you haven't even like reached the idea uh, of the fact that you're just to use an example for females. Cause we just talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's like, you got, you got like a nine year runway for really good eggs, you know, so, and then that's not, that's an average that could be an incorrect average. I'm just saying like, you know, I, it's almost like where, and again, I don't want to generalize, but it's like a lot is now then you freeze your eggs the second you get into a serious relationship, because otherwise you don't have the opportunity to actually be in a relationship with that person. Because it's like, essentially, if you decide you want to marry them or like you guys mm -hmm. are going to be serious, you got about a year to do this. Mm -hmm right if you think about it is for a lot of people it's like you get into your career maybe you start dating at 31 you finally meet someone around 32 33 
And then it's like, we're supposed to be engaged, married and having kids all within that two to three years. If we want to have a kid by the time we're 35. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a, like a lot of stress on that to not even have the opportunity to date, but to date and find the right person very quickly, Mm -hmm. which then goes to your point of like, we don't really have an opportunity to actually date or to Mm -hmm. know what that's like to have reps of just like talking, getting to know a person seeing what we're, what compatibility it looks like. Yeah. It's like really it does become at that point, like a a social pressure that you need to get into something serious quickly. Yeah. And I know we're, uh, it kind of, it kind of is moving us into like when you're in marriage and the stuff you deal with at that point in time. But if I could still try to keep it in the pre-marriage lane, um, there are a number of individuals too in that pre-marriage scenario at 35, uh, getting to both male and female, getting to their peak or, you know, uh, for the female specifically, um, getting to that, let's call it, I call it a runway, you know, you can call it what you want, you know, uh, whether it's five years or 10 years, okay. It's not 20 years of a runway. Um, and, and just to your point, uh, I'm Melissa mentioned this technology, or I'll just call the freezing of eggs as being one of like, you know, a number of options of newest forms of technology, uh, that could be helpful in that process. But inside that same conversation, you also have to say, if I'm in a pre-marriage scenario and I'm this age, um, I'm just saying, I guess I'm just bringing up, there is a lot of challenges now in terms of the development of oneself prior to not not even the the reproduction scenario. It's just like the the marriage scenario and all the stuff you need to go through prior to the reproductive scenario. The whole point I'm making on that or just bringing it up was, one you made earlier that uh, I just find it, we keep coming back to this really challenging point that all things are move, all things are being pushed further and further out to the right, but we're forgetting that biology is going to at one, sometime is going to go like this. That's just not going to work. I'm sorry. It's not going to work. And we're trying to come up with all these very, you know, admirable ideas, right? Uh, Admirable ideas. Right. But um but, but in the same, as I keep saying that, you can't reverse it. Like, you can't be like, well, you know, let's get everyone uh, meeting at 19. And then there's a cutoff at 21, <laughs> you know, or like if you didn't get your person, it's not. And if people are joking at that sounding authoritarian, there actually, actually, there actually is societies in which they set it up that way. It's not only due to biological things. It's due to a bunch of other power scenarios. But um, I don't know. I just keep falling at that thinking. I'm not sure what the future holds uh, if all we're barking about is like, oh, my God, our you know numbers of children being born are going down and we're marrying later to the point of our conversation today. I keep coming back to well, what do you expect? Like, what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you expect? The high school not to happen? No post-secondary institution education? You know, a uh, single payer household? Like, that's just not reality. It's and not it, reality. It's not reality. And it's like, you know, it's, it, I think it's scary for that generation because it's hard. Like you're not buying a house with a single income fan. You know, it's like, it's hard to just get, have a high school degree and then think that you're going to set yourself up to have a family of four or five, like three, two to three kids on a, a single person salary. Like it's just not realistic. Right. So, um, and then I always feel like I'm the scary old aunt now when I talk to, you know, my cousins that are younger than, than me that are in their late twenties and thirties, I'm like, 
you gotta be like like ah, i wish someone had reminded me earlier in life that maybe i should have considered thinking about you know wanting to have children earlier right just from the actual standpoint of like you know biology biology it's right there biology right like you know, I hate to sound naive, but like most often no one's telling you that no one's having you having the conversation of biology. And um, I totally empathize with them. It's like, they're like, Hey, I'm 31. I just like got in a serious relationship. We're going to date for a while. You know, like mm-hmm. we want to enjoy we just finished school. We want to enjoy like living on our own and moving into a place together. Cause this is the first time we've had that opportunity. And like, we want to enjoy our lives and like get settled in our career. Cause now it's going to take about three to four years to get established in our careers before we have that conversation. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to be 38 then, <laughs> you know? And they're just like not even considering it. Um, or the really like big thing now is like to be pro-feminist, you are like, you're freezing your eggs because that's just like you looking after you, which goes yeah. back into the book we read, right? Like yeah. um, more women being comfortable with the idea of like, well, I'm going to have a career and I'm going to have a kid and that may or may not include a husband, yeah. but I don't really care. So I'm going to yeah. take care of me and I'm going to freeze my eggs and then I'll have the choice to do what I want to do yeah. when that time comes. Yeah. And I listen, I understand as I've been reading more, I, I totally understand uh, where that energy comes from uh, for that. I am definitely uh, empathetic to that energy. Um, but just to repeat, we also have to add to that conversation, this uh, perceived uh, level of health that one has with this technology Everyone thinks it's just like, oh, I'll just do this and wait till I'm 39. Um, again, you're still overlooking the fundamental fact of biology, right? And you're forgetting, which I just mentioned this to a uh, male who will name unnamed. I had a consultation with him the other day. Um, and this is the exact per- scenario, right? It is a great relationship, actually. And they are, I think, legally uh, bound. Uh, but, uh, you know, the female is finishing up on her, you know, quote unquote, physical expression career. So I don't get to classify it. And she's got 18 months until the competition's over and she's going to be 36 or whatever, 36 and a half. And he's talking about, you know, setting himself up as a 44 year old man to like, uh, have a child. Right. And I know we're jumping into part two here, but still, this is important to the conversation. And I was like, oh, so let's put this straight, right? Like um, at 63 or 64, right? Give me me an idea how you're feeling today. Okay. So at 64, you know, you still have this human that you're responsible for that's around, right? You could see like, you could see the years just like drop on his face based upon people getting to this conversation only at this point in their life, right? Where no one, to your point, is throwing it across the table at someone and be like, listen, we're not saying you got to rush this thing, but just don't forget about these biological implications or biological limitations. Um, And, you know, yeah, I just keep, I don't know. There's always, there's all, I keep coming back to this tension. And I think it's because I like things being fixed. I guess it's in me. I was like, I like, even if, even as an idea, I like it being fixed and I don't see a way out of this one. I don't, I don't, I don't see things. I don't see things reversing. I see homes in this area, alarmingly increasing. Um, I just see a lot of things going the opposite direction. And so I'm not sure of the way out of it. That's my. And that's I, I my think there's anguish. a lot of friction, friction there too, because it's like, now it's like offensive to call 
a geriatric pregnancy, a geriatric pregnancy. That's like offensive. I'm like, well, now we're just being naive because what does that word mean? And why are we lying to women that, right? That it's like not as easy. It doesn't matter at your age. Like that's not true. Right. And I think that's also what is like, we're in not being ageist. We're trying to pretend like we don't get older and that our energies don't decrease. Right. This whole thing of like, we can be young forever with given the right types of medications and supplements. And that's just not true. And I think huh. that's the unfortunate part because I think people are falling for that. Yeah. Right. Again, like thinking at 44, like not no one just saying, Hey, like imagine what your energy is going to look like at 55 or like, you know, like have you had mm -hmm. conversations with people that are in their fifties and sixties to like, just know what it may be like to have a 10 year old at that age, like, and not be judgmental of it. Like, <laughs> right. Like I've had, to I've had to change my thought process on that. Right. You know, I am very, Man. you know, not to be open and honest about it, but like, you know, I'm dating someone that's in their forties. And so to be like, oh, you're going to be just as young and spry in five years as you are right now and have a newborn, like that may not be the case. And like, you know, I, I don't think we're open about having that conversation. So um, I think it does tie into today's thing about dating. And as we keep pushing, starting families later in life, I think a lot of people do want families. They mm. just are being sold a false narrative on like that you can do it at any time and of all the energy and biology doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. My friend up in Idaho had a, um, um, you know, an oopsie, um, in this, and he's, he has a, uh, um, yeah, 17 and 15 year old, um, mm -hmm. and a six year old <laughs> 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 and he just turned 50, you know? So we, we, but I mean, he, I could get him on here and he would be like adamant to all those people, right. He'd be like, don't, don't let anything slip up, you know, like he loves this little guy, but He's like, yeah. you know, so I'm just, I just want to speak on behalf of that too, is I, you know, and you may think I have vitality and, uh, and this unbelievable energy for it, but I, I would not have the energy, uh, for that right now. Um, and it's not because I have all these other things that I want to do with my life. Well, indirectly it is, but I want to spend the rest of my life in close proximity to my original love, Leanne. I want to come back to that. Like, oh, now it's time. We did our work for that period of time. Those are off. And now we get to walk into the sunset and have the energy to do that. And I'm just telling anyone who's late in that, it, it seems like a good idea. It's not. It's not a good or, idea. Or just like to tie it back into vitality and what we do inside of fitness. It's like most often these people are also like not prioritizing their health in the mix of this. Yeah. Right. So that's the unfortunate part too, is true. We are prolonging, um, this whole process of getting married and having children and we're working a lot more during that phase, right? So we're spending mm -hmm. an extra decade typically stressing our bodies out um, yeah. by overworking, undersleeping and not eating well and moving. So it's not like we're spending this time where we're just getting as healthy as possible, right? <laughs> so yeah. I would love to say to your point, that maybe that, you know, the difference is like, this generation is getting as healthy as they possibly can. They're prioritizing their health while they build their careers. So that by the time they're, you know, 36, they're just like the best they possibly could be as 36 year olds. That's not what we're saying no, at all. The signs That's are not showing that at all. The data doesn't all. show that whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Well, um, <laughs> you know, I guess if we could uh, summarize on, you know, things that people could pull out of just yeah. being in the pre-marriage conversation is, 
you know, uh, just try to work on the BLGs and the basics as best as possible. Again, this does come back to stuff we cover on another podcast. I do fitness in youth on policies around uh, what you can invoke in young people, right? So just imagine if you could build these vitality skills in young people. So there's no dependency that they may have on any of these models outside of like, they understand why eating broccoli and doing lunges and et cetera. You can imagine what they could become as a person that could quickly, you know, post education, set them up successfully. Right. But again, it has to be everyone involved in that. Otherwise, again, you're just going to get these siloed areas of individuals all like one another just operating in this notion. And there's some challenges in, inside of that too, for what we want in a future society for, for diversity. But where we land on it in our lane is like, just, just focus on the basics as much as possible. That will set you up for having the best self-awareness um, and self-confidence. And that's a great base of support, regardless of what age you are, right? Um, regardless of what age you are for a most successful marriage possible. And uh, I'm I'm glad that we had um, not today, but um, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm proud of the fact that I set a whole bunch of people up for that uh, that self awareness and because um, on the the other dark side of it, which we'll cover in subsequent episodes, was I also you know allowed people to discover themselves, their true self, inside of a marriage that resulted in some issues because then both partners weren't willing to keep improving themselves. And so it did, you know, so that's a, that's a segue into our next episode, which I'll, which I'll discuss, but I'm proud of that fact though, the pre-marriage people, I was able to set them up you as well. I mean, if I go back to, that's one of the greatest, actually, I love that. The most rewarding work I've done has been that it's not getting someone a free in time or helping someone, you know, get to 10% body fat. Yeah. It's never been, you know, if I look back yeah. at the most rewarding clients I've worked with, it's, it's those self-discoveries and. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you bound it, banged into anyone over the past uh, while that, um, cause I did, I remember years back, uh, just going back, I think it was to see my brother and I banged into someone at the, at, uh, uh, it's called optimum performance training, uh, mm-hmm. now up there. Um, and they were saying like, oh yeah, married this girl and doing this. And I was like, just glee, just glowing with like, oh man, you know, because I, at the time I wasn't helping him, you know, develop himself to like look good online or like get ready for a marriage, but I couldn't help but lead that conversation going, yeah, that's, that's why you do it. That's why you do it. Cause you indirectly contribute to uh, unknowingly people's happiness in setting up, you know, uh, good relationships for the future, right? And it all comes again to that point where they become self-efficient and self-aware and self-secure. And when they are, and they, you know, that I don't know about you, but that that's very attractive to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not as a partnership, but just it's attractive as just as a human. You want to be around those people, and hopefully, they'll set you up to find in someone. So. All right. Well, that was fun also because we got to play, you know, a little bit of marriage counselor uh, or pre-marriage counselor uh, uh, folks. I don't mind putting that suit on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So just to recap, uh, today we discussed uh, as a placeholder the Freakonomics episode. I don't know what number it was, but it was called uh, Marriage as a Luxury Good. And the 
It was focusing on talking to Melissa Kearney, who is the author of The Two-Parent Privilege. And uh, so we're going to have a three-part series. Today was part one where we discuss pre-marriage and where vitality fits in. Um, next one will be on inside of marriage and uh, where vitality fits in. And then long-term marriage and where vitality fits in. We may change up exactly what the names of those are, but uh, yeah, that's that's what we hit on today. Any uh, summaries or feedbacks or learnings, Melissa? You did a good job. You did good at summarizing and Thanks. Uh, putting us up for this one today. Thanks. Thank I'll do. Well, I promise you, I'll do my work on it uh, for next time too. Let's see if it can be as good. Otherwise, thanks uh, for being here and uh, sharing uh, these ideas with everyone. Really appreciate it, Melissa. And uh, we'll see everyone next time. Next time.